Choosing a volunteer leader is a major ministry decision that can determine your team's trajectory for years to come. But when you don't have a definitive and biblical process in place in the beginning and duration of your ministry, people will run you into the ground, which will cost your ministry spiritually, musically, and emotionally. So let's have a conversation of what you can do about it. This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, what's up, podcast? Worship leaders, friends, and pastors, thank you so much again for subscribing and downloading the Worship Team Training Podcast. And for those of you who have not subscribed yet, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by our great friends at Proclaim, where church presentations are made easy. Check out ProclaimOnline.com. Also, members watching us right now by Worship Team Training University, and you can check out the schedule to find out more guests coming up, which I'll mention in a second by going to our events page, wttu.co slash events. Also, if you're not a member already, I will give you information at the end of this broadcast that will help you find out how you can become a member. Also, be sure to check out our newsletter by going to worshipteentraining.com. You can sign up there where it says subscribe to the newsletter. And also, last week we had our fantastic Worship Teen Training Podcast reunion by good friends Derek Williams, Tim Timmons, Tony Guerrero, Swift Johnson, yours truly. We had a fantastic time of just talking about a look back of the past 10 years and how learning from the past can help move us forward in ministry and in life. So you want to check out that podcast if you haven't already. It will definitely give you some insights and give you a great uh, few good laughs too. Coming up on the next Worship Team Training University Thursday trainings that we have, which our members can view, we have good friend Tim Price from Illinois who leads the Awakening Conference. He's going to be here talking about that for worship leaders. Also, fantastic friend and guest artist Jared Anderson will be with us on the program. Also followed up by good old buddy Rich Kirkpatrick, writer, author, leader over at Worship Leader Magazine and everywhere else. It's going to be a great month as you find out more guests and those that are going to be here on Worship Team Training University. So today, let's talk about it. You'll make... These are three big mistakes that you will make when onboarding worship team members. Now, you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, I've already had my share of mistakes, or what do you mean about making mistakes? Isn't this the godly thing to do? Well, little do you know, there's a lot that goes into the way that we decide, or maybe there's little that we decide from in bringing new people on board. So choosing volunteer choosing a volunteer is a major ministry decision it will determine your ministry's trajectory and you need a definitive and biblical plan in place otherwise people will run you into the ground spiritually musically and emotionally i started leading worship when i was 18. i didn't know anything but music i didn't know anything about having a system there was no precedent no protocol leading worship was new and having a band in the church was weird. Asking for people to help, having volunteers was weird. And having volunteers is still weird. A friend of mine said to me the other day, it's easier to keep out someone 
rather to let go of someone. So true because how you onboard your volunteers will set the precedent in their long-term stay. So you inherit problems, you're going to have to grow with them. But what do you do about the volunteers who you already have, problems and all? You can still learn how to bring everyone together through a process of onboarding people, broken down into these three simple areas. Spiritual onboarding, musical onboarding, and emotional onboarding. They all funnel into the major problem of leading volunteers, like herding cats. But is the problem volunteering or is the problem you're leading? That's a question that I have to ask myself. Is it something that I'm doing or is it the problem as a whole? For me, I found out that I was the problem. I was the problem. So here's what I've done about it and so can you. The three mistakes and what you can do about it. Number one, let's talk about spiritual onboarding. What is spiritual onboarding? Well, when we think of the term onboarding, it's the process of bringing on someone into a new group, a new team, what have you. The process of how to do it is the method, and it can be very easy. It can be also quite cantankerous. It just depends on how you go about it. Spiritual maturity, let's talk about that. So when we're bringing on a new person into the team, the first thing we want to look at is their spiritual maturity. You are not the Holy Spirit, but you can see if they allow the Holy Spirit working in them. Don't give them an audition. Give them a conversation. Listen to their story. Hear their facts, not the imperfections. They are not going to be Jesus they just need to be honest. When you meet team people coming onto your team, it's very easy to have all the positive you know, stories, and we always get the, oh yeah, but I've served in worship teams for 15 years, and I play guitar, I've sang for 30 years, and they just go on and on and on. But what you need to be listening through is the jargon of what they're saying and how they're saying it, because much of the time they're going to leave out how they've grown spiritually, unless you get the very rare people that are gut honest with you and just say, you know what, I'm still learning about humility. I'm still learning about how to work out my salvation in Christ and, and how not to be perfect. I mean, if you have a member that says that, a, a prospect a prospective member, wow, you have a gold mine right at your feet. But for most of us and for most people, you're always going to have the everything's great kind of attitude, but yet no one wants to talk about what's under the hood. These are the kind of things that God wants to give you insights of how to help your people go under the hood, including, including you, that will also help engineer or reverse engineer rather of what you need to do about your own ministry for the long term let's talk about the compassion barometer this has everything to do with spiritual onboarding because when you bring people on your team you want them to be the kind of people that are going to be compassionate for other people for instance will they care about others will they love music more than ministry that's a big big telltale sign Will they commit to unity? That's another big telltale sign. Five years ago, I inherited a volunteer musician. Great musically, but unwilling spiritually. Broke the trust of others and also caused turmoil in the church. 
you have to think about the people that you're bringing on board because it's, like I said before, it's great to think about how happy things can be and how awesome this person is. Maybe you're in the position where you're waiting for that one drummer and maybe you've been waiting for three or four years, but just because they come into your church doesn't mean you need to sign them up immediately. You still have to do the hard job, which is vetting people in the right place and spiritually is one of those big things to talk about. 2 Peter 1, 5-6 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness. Here's the second category of onboarding team members. Let's talk about musical onboarding. Empowering too early is one of the biggest mistakes. As soon as that drummer shows up after three or four years of prayer, man, you're ready to get them in the hot seat just right away. But I say slow down. This is what I do within my own ministry. I mean, it's very easy to take that person and think, man, we want to, we need to fill this spot or we got this to accomplish or we got this service ahead of us. But you want to slow down. What I've done is I've taken this um, multi-prong scenario where number one, I start out with three weekly conversations. That's right. It's great if they talk about drums, they can sing, they can play guitar, whatever it is. Have the initial conversation with them on week one. Just get to know them. Don't even talk about music. Get to know their family, where they work, where they live, so forth. By week two, you want to talk about maybe a little bit other things like their background, where uh, spiritually maybe God woke them up and what's their testimony. Maybe by week three, you talk about if they have any kind of skill and they like playing music or they like being in the sound booth or with media or what have you. The next week, which would be like the fourth week or so forth, however that, however long it takes you, I have them come in to rehearsal just to watch. I don't have them do anything. I don't have them play an, play an instrument or sit behind nothing. Just come out, hang out, sit there, and get to know people when they come uh, on and off stage and get the vibe of the whole room. And then the next week, I'll have them sit among people in the rehearsal. So at this point, if they're interested in media, audio, or being in the band or whatever, I'll have them sit with the team. Now, they still won't do anything hands-on, but I'll just have them sit there on stage or at the booth and just to let them take it all in from the other perspective, the other side, because they have to, and it's good for them. You want to look at the onboarding as a very good way to not just test them, but they got to test you. They have to see if it's the right fit for you, if it's the right fit for them. If you don't, you're only going to cause fresh frustration for yourself and for that volunteer. So I had them sit among a rehearsal. Then I had them participate in a rehearsal. At this week, it could be week five or six, I'll have them go ahead and show up with their instrument or sit behind the board and see how things go for them and do a little check-in session at the very end of that evening. Next, I'll try a Sunday with them. So that would mean I just have them up for either one song or I'll have them for the whole set uh, just to try them out. Afterwards, if things go well, meaning that I've, I've already met with them, I kind of check to see how they're comfortable. And then check with your team. Are they comfortable with a new person? That's a real big indicator. You may get somebody that says, ah, actually, they don't really work out that well. Or here's some concerns I have. Or this person's great. Anyway, once you sign them up for the Sunday, rotate them every two weeks. Have them a week on, a week off, just to still test. 
So this will total about 11 to 14 weeks, and this will actually suffice your 90-day trial. So that's right. I would do up front a 90-day trial uh, like you would. I know it's not a job, um, but for most of us who do work in the corporate world place, 90 days is your uh, pass to give people and to see how they work out. So if you complete you know, the, the, the weeks of the weekly conversations, hanging out for rehearsal, all the way to trying a Sunday rotating, then you got your 90 days right there. And then you can decide for yourself if this person's really a fit or if it's a wash. And the second part of onboarding musically, you want to also understand if they're not as equipped or how much they are equipped. In other words, empowering when not equipped is the biggest mistake that a lot of leaders make. They've been waiting for that drummer for three or four years. They Maybe they passed in the audition. Maybe they passed at other road marks, benchmarks. But when you get them on a Sunday, they freeze up. They may forget the music. They could turn out to be a complete different person, even after all the 90 days are completed. You still want to be careful. And you want to, if that is the case, you want to work with them and their weaknesses, not use it against them. It's very easy for us to, even other team members, to safeguard and, uh, man, is this person going to work out? Or they really just stank on Sunday. You want to have a good, healthy conversation with your worship team as well to let them know, hey, we're going to have Brian come in. He's new. Uh, please show him some kindness. Uh, help him out with this music. Uh, give a kind word about his family that you saw on Sunday. That kind of thing. Make him feel at home. All these things go uh, a, a very long way. Moving on, providing opportunities for them to grow. Uh, don't let them lead yet. 90 days and then some, as, as spoken before. Evaluate the process and provide feedback. A successful story I had involved a singer who worked her way up from a seasonal choir all the way up to worship leader at the end of five years. When I actually came back to this church to do some more work with them, I found that this once little 14-year-old who didn't know much about music and didn't know anything about from holding a mic to standing in front of people, she worked hard. She understood her space. And then five years later, as a process of coming um, into her own, discovering what humility really means, she became a star. And I really believe that there's more volunteers like that in your church than what you realize. You just have to discover them and begin the process of onboarding them. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. So yes, this person can take charge of the drums with the microphone, but if they're not patient, if they're not self-controlled, it can wreak havoc. Number three, emotional onboarding. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. I want to talk to you about emotional intelligence. That may be a new term for some of you. What does it mean? Basically, it's having the ability to be self-aware, in tune, and how you interact with people, and in tune with how they interact with you, without imposing your feelings on that person, without imposing entitlement and ego on that person. The ability to manage their own security is the also it's also the ability to index their maturity so if you learn how to help manage if, if people learn how to manage their own security then you're indexing that maturity of that person you're already drawing out skills that they have 
from the emotional standpoint that's going to help you and not getting into the huge pitfalls that we all find ourselves in like drama um, egos and so forth now things like that are going to happen but you're also going to lessen your chance and you're going to safeguard your team the second component in this in emotional intelligence is that you want to uh, if, if you were to rate yourself if you were to rate that person Another way to think about it is, um, what's the in-tune factor of them and you? Uh, how much uh, plays a role in adding self into the conversation? When they talk, is it always a lot of I statements or I did this, I did that kind of thing? Uh, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. And then how, do, how often do they redirect conversations to the other person? Maybe instead of talking about themselves, they, they would say, oh, yeah, but by the way, uh, I want to give kudos to Tim on drums because, man, uh, I'm new to this team and I'm, I'm the new guitar player. But, wow, Tim just made it easy. You know, you want to find when people that way, when they speak, uh, their, their goal, that goes back to humility because they're not talking about themselves. They're esteeming other brothers and sisters. So what's the humility measurement of a person? Can you see the future and how they relate to others? In other words, in your mind, can you see them speaking with other congregation members the next week or the next month or a year from now? Bring Maybe they're the ones bringing on new team members and they're in the control seat. Uh, how would this person bring value to your ministry? So you always want to be thinking ahead. Uh, a story about the out-of-tune worship leader. Uh, vocally, this person was horrible. Uh, Presentation-wise, they were a wash, but... What they made up, what he made up for his personality wasn't being the kind of guy that everybody wanted to be around. 2 Timothy 2.24 says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Hey friends, before we continue with the rest of today's podcast, I want to share with you a new resource and how you can become a member here at Worship Team Training University for free. Many of us have been leading worship and doing things online, streaming, and behind the screen. But who's equipping you and your skill? You want to check out wttu.co slash enroll, E-N-R-O-L-L, to help equip you with new articles, feature highlights, and notifications, all free, downloaded to your device. Check out wttu.co slash enroll, and also check out our new devotional, Comfort 19. That's WTTU.co slash C19. Now, let's continue with the rest of today's podcast. So in conclusion, you don't want the mistakes to cost your ministry. You want to look at each component that we talked about, the spiritual, the musical, the emotional. All these make a difference. However, not do they only make a difference for your ministry, but they're going to make a difference for the people that you bring in. Think about the way that it's going to help build them up spiritually, being involved with your team, the great things and experiences and victories that you're going to win, the challenges that you're going to go through. You want to think about how this person can grow and what value are they going to have coming into your team. As I said before, it's not just you scrutinizing a person coming in, but it's the person coming in scrutinizing you. Is it going to be a fit for them? Are they going to walk away with value? Are you the kind of leader that they can look up to and that they can follow even when the chips are down? All of these things make a huge impact in the way that you lead ministry, but it's also going to be a huge impact on the way that you lead them and the way that this person may, if they were to go to another ministry in the church 
or God grows them elsewhere, they're gonna be taking all the tools and the applications that they've learned from you onward. So you wanna be thinking more, It's the ministry is, is not regulated to the size of what you set your ministry to be. It's about the people walking in and how big they're gonna take it. So when you think about the musical factor, be mindful of how this person can grow musically with you. And if you as a leader are not growing musically yourself, you can't lead them where you're not already. So I recommend that you do the hard work as well by practice, spending time with your craft, with your instrument, because there's always gonna be people better than you. And you never know that next new, that next new volunteer person can be a better guitar player than you, a better singer, so forth. And don't let that scare you. This is part of growth. You're gonna have great people come in your life. The worst thing you can do as a leader is to shut it off. And what I find in a lot of churches and ministries, this is the reason why they're not outreaching to new members because they are afraid of getting shown up by the new person. Look at this and embrace it as an opportunity to learn and to up your skills. And look, if you're not the best guitar player, you don't need to be the best guitar player to match this person coming in. All you need to do is just be honest and vulnerable to learn from that person. Can you be humble to do that? And also, it shows that person coming in the kind of learner that you are besides just being a leader. It's about how well you can also follow others, even when you're not the one needing to be the leader all the time. The last one, emotionally. Learn to be the emotional intelligent one by figuring out how people are wired learning how they come across, learning how they communicate. It will give you big, big indications and it will give you uh, a bigger uh, awareness without, again, importing your judgment or importing your feelings or ego on that person. But you want to look at people as a clear slate, as a clean slate, and look at them objectively. So the, the better that you do that and you learn how to relate with people one-on-one, -on -one, and you're in tune with them, you learn how they can uh, be in tune with you, it just gives you that much clear indication of how to avoid the unnecessary drama, the pitfalls, the uh, the miscommunications, the frustrations that happen. So look, you're, you're gonna have personality conflict also. It doesn't mean that you're going to avoid them, nor should you, but this should also behoove you of how to embrace the differences and how to handle the conflict. I've talked about this in other podcasts. I just go back through the podcast list and where you downloaded this episode and you'll find maybe uh, four or five uh, episodes back about how to, uh, how to handle the complaints. Uh, it's a good uh, message uh, that was put together for you to help you in these scenarios. So again, friends, thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you for making us part of your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly growth within your worship ministry. And if you have a comment, please drop us one. You can email me here at brandon at worshipteamtraining.com. Also, we ask you, would you give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever that you find this podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, so forth, and drop us a line. And uh, most of all, please share what you've learned today with other people in your team. So guys, thanks again for joining us. Remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about the Lord Jesus leading you both in life and in worship. We'll see you next time. Bye. 
This has been a Worship Team Training Broadcast and Digital Production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here. Thank you.